The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily Podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Hold it. Now release slowly. Again. Deep inhale. Hold. Release. Repeating internally to yourself as you connect to my voice. I am deeply well. I am deeply well. I am deeply well. I'm Debbie Brown, and this is the Deeply Well Podcast. Welcome to Deeply Well, a soft place to land in your journey, a podcast for those that are curious, creative, and ready to expand in higher consciousness and self-care. I'm Debbie Brown. This is where we heal. This is where we become. Today's guest is going to blow your mind. I'm just going to start there. (laughs) I am such a fan of her books and her work and the information she is bringing forward, especially for women, is helping to revolutionize the ways that we treat ourselves, the ways that we understand our body, and the ways we're able to regulate our nervous systems and our anxiety. And it is such a gift and so important. So I'm going to run through this absolutely incredible bio. Michelin-starred chef David Boulay described Dr. Uma Naido as the world's first triple threat in food and medicine. A Harvard-trained psychiatrist, professional chef, and a trained nutrition specialist. Her nexus of interests have found their niche in nutritional psychiatry, where she is considered a pioneer. 
Dr. Naidu founded and directs the first hospital-based nutritional psychiatry service in the United States. She's the Director of Nutritional and Lifestyle Psychiatry at Massachusetts General Hospital and Director of Nutritional Psychiatry at MGH Academy while serving on the faculty at Harvard Medical School. She was considered Harvard's mood food expert and is also the national best-selling author of This Is Your Brain on Food, a book that changed my life. In her upcoming book, Calm Your Mind with Food, she shows the cutting-edge science, explaining the ways in which food contributes to our mental health and how nutrition can help treat and prevent a wide range of psychological and cognitive health issues, from ADHD to anxiety, depression, OCD, and more. Dr. Uma, I am so grateful for your work. Thank you for joining Thank us. You. Thank you. Thank you for that lovely introduction, and thank you for hosting me. It's always lovely to see you. It is so lovely to see you. You and I had the chance, actually, right around this time last year. Yes, it was similar, similar timing. We were turning up in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> with the uh, Women's Alzheimer's Movement. Um, yes, with uh, one group. of our good friends, yeah. Maria Shriver. Yes. I, you know, Dr. Uma, it was so, it was so interesting because I actually had your book on my kitchen counter and I had been reading it and pouring through it because I had come to understand um, some health issues that I was facing and picking up your book radically changed the way I saw how to care for myself. And then when I got to Mexico and I had the chance to meet you, I was like full fangirl. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I, it was so lovely to meet you. And that was such a lovely event. And thank you for sharing that. You know, when when I hear this type of feedback, it's really the, the what drives my mission because it's reaching the people where it makes a difference, where they start to understand that it can impact their health yeah. and their mental well-being as well. Because the two are connected, right? Our physical and our and our mental well-being. So thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. You know what I think so often, and I mean, my goodness, I we have so much to get into. I mean, you're, you are such a pioneer and it's just, it's so powerful when I connect with people who you just know destiny is on their life in such a big way because to pioneer an entirely new stream of thought, stream of science, you know, nutritional psychiatry. And I think, for so long in America, well, let me let me start by grounding here. In my own journey, I'm a child born in the 80s. So I'm a child born kind of at the height of women being able to finally have big careers and live lives in a certain way. Yeah. But that also meant that a lot of um, my generation is considered the forgotten children generation because it was a lot of kids that became latchkey kids or were kind of taking care of themselves, like, you know, picking up the weight, making their own food. And so for people born in my generation, fast food right. for some of us was such a huge part of our lives. Right. And the way solution. it was a solution for, for moms and families and, and kids who were, you know, coming home from school and, yeah. and needing to have a meal. Yeah. And it wasn't until I did some work with my friend, Dr. Will Cole, um, this last year that I found out I was on the verge of having leaky gut and on the verge of having autoimmune. Mm -hmm. And it was so terrifying to me. And I thought, you know, I don't understand how that could be the case. Right. You know, I do watch what I eat. Right. Right. I have a very yeah. disciplined lifestyle. Right. But a lot of those things that we just can't figure out about ourselves are sometimes those seeds planted in childhood from right. things that we were eating, from things that we were doing. Right. So being on the path and finding your book of being able to really heal my body and regulate some of the symptoms I was finding myself having was just revolutionary. Thank you for for saying that, and 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 I'm so glad that you, you know, he's a good friend and colleague, Doctor Will Cole, and but I also feel like when you can recognize that there's something going on in your body, yeah, and you are so right, Debbie, because um, sometimes these, let's say, insults to our gut microbiome or to our body, and we know that the gut and brain are linked, have happened at a different point in our life. Yes. Sometimes it actually could be emotional stress. It could be trauma in many different forms, but food 
can be traumatic in the sense that it could be, like you said, it it was something that was a part of your life. And for families and parents and, and busy moms who couldn't be home, it mm-hmm. was a solution. So yeah. it could be that that impacted certain bacteria or bacterial colonies in your gut and you recognize something and you step back from it and got yourself help. And I truly wish more people would think about it that way mm-hmm. because we can walk ourselves back from so many conditions through being active about how we eat and thinking about the gut microbiome is one of the mechanisms that impacts our mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Dr. Uma, with your background, you know, I think up until now, because you're the pioneer of this space, it's like psychiatry, food, huh? <laughs> how did you create this path? And what did you see that made you say, I have to bring these two together? You know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. So I'd, I'd love to say, oh, I had this grand plan in life. But actually, when I was three years old, I wanted to be an astronaut. My, mm. my parents were like, you know, supporting whatever I wanted to do. But here I was thinking about space. So I was, wow. you know, I was an, a very interested kid and curious and science driven. But I came from a family um, filled with love and food and good nutrition, and uh, uh, but also doctors and Ayurvedic mm-hmm. practitioners. Mm-hmm. I grew up um, it, during apartheid in South Africa and wow. moved to study here. And um, so that, that type of uh, experience of eating healthy meals, and my mom was in medical school when I was little, so during the day, my parents would leave me with my maternal grandmother, to whom my first book is dedicated. And she, I would, I would literally observe her preparing healthy meals all the time. Mm. And I suppose that must have been absorbed into my, into me in a, in a very strong way, because I, I understood that that was how you should eat. And I was always around the kitchen and I, I was a nursery, I was a play school, nursery school dropout, uh, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> Wait, what? I, I, did, I did. I like, I refused to go. And some of my parents <laughs> let me get away with it. I don't know how, you know, it's because I loved my grandma so much and she would be doing fun things like cooking, you know. So I, I identified mm. early that I loved being around food. We would pick fresh vegetables from the garden and she'd, I'd see her prepared. I would sit and eat lunch with my grandparents. And then after at the end of the day, one of my parents would pick me up. So it was very much how how I grew up and that was more fun then. But I also learned yoga and meditation from them because they were trying to entertain me and they would mm. teach me what they knew. And so cut to medical school and psychiatry residency, no one was talking about food. Mm-hmm. And here I was learning these heavy duty medications, which by the way, let me say first and foremost, have also saved the lives of many of my basic patients. Mm. But medications may not be for everyone. And herein lies a very important nuance because if there are individuals who can undertake lifestyle measures, nutrition being one of them, to heal themselves, why Mm. not try that before you put your body through a medication? But I went and I was learning all these, you know, psychotropic, psychopharmacology, no one was talking about the side effects in terms of how they impact weight and things like that. Mm. We were learning these and we were talking to patients, but no one was saying, well, how are you eating? Are you exercising? Mm -hmm. There were checklists of certain things we do and we've all been to a medical evaluation, the checklist that a doctor will go through. But I kept thinking, this is a huge gap. It wasn't, no one was really paying attention to what I was saying, but a patient really changed my life early on because there's a very timid new psychiatry resident, he came in and yelled at me. <laughs> and he, he thought that I had caused him to gain weight because he'd read about Prozac, the um, medication we had started, but literally it was about 10 days and he had come in overweight, so we knew it wasn't medication. <laughs> and, but he had this very large cup of coffee in his hand. In Boston, everyone loves Dunkin' Donuts. So I, being timid and being like a little scared and getting used to being a resident, I said to him, well, you know what, Bill, t- why don't you tell me what you put in your coffee and let's try to see how we can help you with your weight. And he was distracted and he said, well, and he told me, but we calculated it to be a quarter cup of processed creamer, right, mm. which has really junk ingredients in it, and then eight teaspoons of sugar in a 20-ounce cup. Wow. So although I'm not a huge calorie counter, I for some reason, intuitively calculated this on the computer. And I said, well, well, before you even eat breakfast, you're consuming this amount of sugar that is completely, these are empty calories for your body. 
And I saw his eyes light up like a light bulb had gone off because mm. he, he saw that I was teaching him something mm. that could make a change. And he was, you know, and that was a light bulb moment for me because seeing that that interpretation meant he could change his behavior because it connected. It was like, oh, well, tell me what to do. What can I do differently? Because if I'm taking in that, num- that amount of sugar and calories before I even eat, yeah. How much weight is that causing me? And so we grew to have a very good therapeutic and productive relationship. We didn't need to raise the dose of his medication. We worked with him slowly and steadily over time to eat healthier and to lose weight. And, you know, without realizing it, he was kind of a test case very early on in my career. Wow. But I grew to really want to follow this path of how can I bring this forward, which led many years later to starting my clinic, um, writing the book. Um, but it it kept me on that path. It first alerted me to how important it was that a person sitting in front of you just accepting medication, but also understanding that they have the autonomy of mm-hmm. losing weight, exercising, eating healthy, sleeping better, drinking enough water, all these basic important aspects of lifestyle. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting because I think that's the part that so many of us probably avoid till the it's the last thing on the list, which right. is being in participation with what we put in our body. Right. And it's so easy to bypass that, especially with the marketing around food and the propaganda around. That's right. And trends around food and, and eating styles. But it's it really comes back to the fundamentals. It does come back to the fundamentals. So if we take it back to what you were sharing about your childhood, you know, convenience foods, fast foods, foods that fulfill a need where people are this busy, yeah. um, really created a niche market in this country, which grew. Um, along with marketing, which honestly labels things incorrectly because it's not true nutrition mm-hmm. when you call, uh, when you, call uh, you know, a box of cereals um, whole grain, when in fact the last ingredient on the list is any type of actual grain and it's highly processed and has a lot of junk in it. So we're dealing with marketing, we're dealing with the eat this, not that culture we live in, mm-hmm. which is confusing people. Mm-hmm. And it, no one actually, know, I see, see this in my practice all the time, I actually don't know what to eat because I read this article yesterday. Can I eat this? Can, you know, And people get so anxious about it and understandably because there's too much stimulation around, I would say, misguided information. Yeah. And, and it's so hard to want to be a beginner, especially when there's so many other things happening. I think, you know, it can be so overwhelming and daunting. And I think for so many, a very shameful experience. Why Definitely. don't I understand how to eat? And it's a basic function I've been doing since I arrived to this planet. Correct. The And I think that this is why I feel like um, and, and shame is such an important word because people are also ashamed and feel that way when they may not be feeling good. They may be feeling yeah. too anxious. They may be feeling like their mood has dipped. They may be feeling like they've gained weight and they, they can't put the pieces together. So I think just having a moment of grace with ourselves and saying, look, I can find a solution. You mm-hmm. know, I can get the help that I need. Um, I can read a book or I can find resources online from well-vetted sources of qualified individuals who can guide you. Mm-hmm. That becomes important. Um, but having that, taking your breath and, uh, and, and being able to guide yourself is important. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know what. God, if you show me, God, if you tell me, God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, the story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Deeply well. Your first book, um, the one that really got me hooked on you, is This Is Your Brain on Food. And it, it being able to glean wisdom from your book and apply it changed the way that I, I think I've been able to show it in my purpose because it's helped calm my brain in such a way that I can have clarity. I can get things done. I don't find myself kind of rising and dipping so much. Amazing. In the book, um, in your upcoming book, Calm Your Mind with Food, which everyone could see right here, what are some of the ways for us to calm our minds? Mm-hmm. It turns out that um, food is a very powerful tool to help with anxiety and help calm down our mind. You experienced with my first book, This Is Your Brain on Food, a way to kind of work through Uh, different eating plans or recipes Mm -hmm. or maybe some symptoms. That book, if I might start there, because they're sort of linked in a certain way, is almost a compendium of different conditions. Starts off by um, something that I like to talk about, which is that gut-brain connection. So people understand what that science behind it is. Because even taking myself back to Bill, that patient who yelled at me, just explaining something to him meant was so powerful. Mm. And so just breaking this down for people, unpacking it, and then the different conditions, foods to lean into, but foods to also step back from. Mm -hmm. Then you have recipes and lists of things like 
Where do you get vitamin D rich foods? Where do you get, you know, zinc rich foods? Because you can start to put together what I now call a nutritional psychiatry plate of Mm. healthy foods for your body and whole foods. We're talking about eat the orange, skip the store-bought orange juice. That principle is more more times than not just eat the food that you Mm. can. Then the processed version in the supermarket that might have added sugars or other ingredients um, and and orange juice does. Um, Then what happened is as that book sort of gained momentum, and I feel very blessed that this message resonated with so many people, I realized that what I was seeing in my practice during COVID was so much anxiety and worry and stress. Mm. And I started to think, you know, what, what happened at the beginning of the pandemic that I remembered? Well, Zoloft, one of the most prescribed medications in the United States, otherwise called sertraline, is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. SSRI went on shortage in spring of 2020. There were so many new diagnoses of anxiety in this wow. country. For the first time in my career, about two decades, it went on shortage. We were getting calls and emails and messages from pharmacies saying, we need to find solutions for this patient who has Zoloft because we have run we have run out, and so wow, that was one one huge thing. Another factor was there were these shots on television of you know supermarket shelves being empty of certain foods. People were in a panic of how am I going to get through this? We were in lockdown. There was social distancing. There was all this data coming out on COVID, and it was a terrifying time. People stocked up on shelf-stable goods. And you and I know what's mm-hmm. in shelf-stable foods. But how else were we going to get through this time? Because we were not sure. And it, unfortunately, not only did process uh, food sales increase at that time, they have remained high, even mm-hmm. post-pandemic. In fact, certain manufacturers I read even went back and started, you know, producing more canned soups and things like that because there was a need. So that got us in the complete wrong direction in terms of eating, but we also understand the context. Yeah. I think it is all of those things combined, including all the angst we experienced in that time, vaccine worry, um, back to school, back to work, hybrid models, Zoom meetings, all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it got us into anxiety in a way that is has been unheard of. And so we've become an anxious nation And I think that people just need to think about for a second that food can be, can play a part in this. It's not the only thing. Um, I think it's a holistic and integrated model. I think mindfulness, meditation, all parts of it, even breath work, but food, like you said, you know, how, why don't we know? We probably haven't really been taught properly, you know? And so just making food the center um, or the central pillar of one of the things you do is what I walk people through in the book. Wow, it it's so it's just mind blowing to hear about I think the way we're kind of expanding to be a nation of anxiety. Yeah. You know, it's like I think about maybe 5 years ago if anyone used the word anxiety or that they, you know, had it, it was really like, "Oh my god, you right. have that. What you happened have that. to you?" That's and, right. Ah. Correct. And now it's like we're all knowing like well, kind of everybody does at certain points. It's like, and, exactly. Yeah, it's it's how we live. It's, it's almost how we live. Yes. And, and I think that's such an excellent point, Debbie, because I feel as though um, we are living this way, but we we are starting to feel it's normal. Now, on the flip side of this, I also want people to know that anxiety, if harnessed the right way, can become your superpower. It doesn't have to be negative. It has had a negative context. It has had shame associated with it. It has been used as a diagnosis. I think that many of us are feeling unsettled and aspects of that are anxiety. But I also feel that if you get yourself and you you shared this yourself, if you get yourself into the proper routine, if you learn a breathwork technique, if you... There are different things I walk people through in the book. You can reset that. Mm. And so when you have that burst of anxiety come through, I'm not saying it's easy, but there are ways to step back from it and say, I control you. You don't control me. Mm. And I think that's that's where I'm hoping to guide people to. But one way is through the power of their fork. Wow. Wow. How... Where are you taking us in our journey with your newest book, Calm Your Mind with Food? The journey starts with explaining, again, some of the science behind it. 
Yeah. Breaking down things like inflammation, immunity. There's there, there's newer science that where people haven't made a connection, that anxiety is connected to our immune system. 70% of our immune system is in the gut. And we need to understand that a little better mm. to unpack that. Another component is that people have talked a lot about metabolism. And that's newer science that has also surged forward and has become particularly important related to what we just talked about. Because we also know from research that many of us in the U.S. are metabolically unhealthy. So we may not be overweight. We may actually be normal weight. We may be a little overweight, maybe a range of things. But our actual internal metabolism may be off. Mm. And again, we come back to what we call the SAD diet or the standard American diet, which is high in those processed, ultra-processed, highly sugared kind of junk foods and fast foods. Um, and so. There's a, there's a link right there. And then after unpacking some of the science, I walk people through the foods you should be including. And I break it down into big food groups because what I wanted people to understand is instead of debating how much of fiber, should you, eat, should you eat protein, should you eat a bean, should you eat that, this is whole food. This is, these are the foods you should be choosing from. You may not like a certain food. You may have not be able to tolerate a certain food. That intolerance may be where you have to see someone like myself or doctor will call mm -hmm. and figure out, is it gut dysbiosis or is it a true allergy, which is different. Then, so it's talking about the whole foods, putting together a plan. Then it walks people through how you, how you na navigate your supermarket. What are the foods you need to be adding to your your supermarket cart if you are struggling with anxiety. Mm. Starting off with, you know, one of my favorite vegetables, the purple sprouting broccoli on the on the cover, cruciferous vegetables are very powerful. They contain uh, glucosinates and sulfurophanes, which are powerful antioxidants that help our gut. They help our mood. They help the neurotransmitters that are being manufactured in the gut. So not just a beautiful, colorful vegetable, they actually have other impacts for mm. us. Um, and then best Recipes. And this time I expanded the recipes from book one. I created new recipes. Um, included, I wanted to be more inclusive of people talk about the Mediterranean diet, but there are also many different cultures in the world. Mm -hmm. And so I looked at more recipes that were Mediterranean, that are flexible. So including spices and vegetables from other cultures that are Pan-Asian, but also making the recipes flexible. So I want people to be able mm -hmm. to switch out tofu if they want to, or add in chicken if they want to as their protein, but still use those healthy spices that are going to help heal them and always lean into the veggies. Wow. I, oh, and you know, I know some listening and something that I always feel so grateful for about the listenership of this show is I've found, and it's not a monolith, so I'm not trying to generalize y'all, but almost everyone that listens that responds to this show is actively trying to revolutionarily change their lives wow. from diet to mental health, Amazing. to the way we treat one another, to, you know, healing, um, healing trauma and, and healing our family backgrounds. And yeah. I feel so excited for those listening to connect with your work because it can sound overwhelming, especially if you're hearing terms right now that you're like, what is that? When you dive into these books, there are lists, there are examples, there are ways that you can walk into a store and feel so confident that you'll be able to meet your needs and understand yourself in a new way. And so before I get into a few more questions, I want to ground this information and say, you don't have to read this book and know how to change your life in a weekend. Give yourself a year, give yourself four seasons try a new recipe a week, you know, try adding in a couple new foods a day and then just notice yourself, be an observation of your body, your mind, your heart, see what you're responding to. When and where do you feel a little bit lighter? Where is your brain not feeling so foggy? Mm -hmm. um, to me, that was one of the greatest benefits. I didn't know how much of myself I didn't have access to. Right under brain fog and inflammation in my body. Mm, mm. That revolutionized my life. I was having this constant battle of aches and pains and, you know, just kind of like weight fluctuating in a really dramatic ways yeah, that I couldn't yeah. account for. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, I'm really glad for you that uh, things have improved and happy yeah. for you. 
Um, but hearing, I, I love what you said, and thank you for doing that because this is a marathon and not a sprint. It's it's not you're not you're not going to cure your anxiety in a, in a weekend. It's yeah. it's really about how can you make these slow and steady steps. Um, and I, if if I might, I wanted to go back to something because you mentioned the word trauma, and I I, I listened to your podcast. And I think it's it's beautiful work that you're doing. Thank you. And I I want to share a bit on my food philosophy, please, because. Often, you know, uh, uh, when you're out there, uh, as many of us are kind of share, trying to share work with the world and trying to share educational work with the world, you know, people have a lot of strong opinions. Well, mm-hmm. you know, take a stand on eat this and, and not eat that or, you know, you a lifelong vegetarian because my family is vegetarian. Um, my husband's family is not, so I cook anything. I'm I'm very inclusive of all foods in, in my life. I may not eat them. But, you know, people will often say, well, you know, you're vegetarian. How come you don't advocate for just this diet or mm. just that diet? Why do you add these recipes to your book? Well, you know, it comes from a very uh, deep set trauma in my own life because mm. as a child, I grew up in a wonderful, loving family and uh, was well nourished and taken care of. But I also grew up in apartheid, so I didn't know that I when I was little that my little mind was taking in these facts that, you know, I was being judged on the color of my skin. So you were either one color or the other color in South Africa and having less access to many different opportunities. One of the things that registered deeply that I was able, able to work through in my own therapy over, over many years was the fact that that impacted me because what I realized I didn't have is I, I didn't choose what color I came out in the world. And yet I was being judged and segregated on account of that. So I feel extremely strongly about food equity and food autonomy. And I feel that if you come to me and you are only eating beef, or if you come to me and you're only eating vegetables, whatever it is, my role is not to judge you and say, don't eat this and eat that. It is to guide you. It is to respect your autonomy, to understand what I can make in that nutritional psychiatry plan for you that will be nutritious for your mind and your body. Mm. I'm not there to judge you. And I feel very strongly that there is a culture out there of, you know, judging people on account of what they eat. And I don't like it because I may not eat the piece of beef or the, the, the chicken breast or whatever it might be, because I happen to be vegetarian, but does it mean you shouldn't? Absolutely not. You have the right to eat what you enjoy, but there's a healthier version of that, especially for your brain. And that's my role here. Mm. It's not, it's really isn't. And it, it, you know, it took me a while to sort through that. Um, But I feel like I've done a lot of healing in that way. And I feel very strongly that people, people should decide and you should never feel someone is telling you what to do. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. 
Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing. Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host. Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation. I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Deeply. Wow. To bring back the word shame from earlier in our conversation, there there's nothing that drives me more mad than people using punishing tones yeah. with those that are looking to change and learn. And looking for help. And looking for help. Yeah. There's reasons that so many, especially in this country, don't know certain things. There are so many systemic systems in place mm-hmm. that keep healthy food from our community. Yes. That take away there being even time or space to look for those things, to spend time in the kitchen, to give to your children. And we're really, truly doing the best we can most of the time. I I firmly believe that. I, I truly believe that Everyone is trying to do the best that they can. And I think that um, food can be a very shameful experience uh, yeah. through, um, you know, through body weight, through the lens of what I have access to, what I can't eat. And then there are a whole group of individuals um, in the media and social media specifically who share information which could be misguided because it's solely based on their very oh. strong opinion. And I think talk that, that talk, Doctor Uma. Yes, you know, I mean, it's, and and I think it's unfair because I have yeah. patients and people who are not my patients, but send me DMs and say, "Well, I saw this. You know, I send me a link, and I saw this. Is it okay to eat this food?" And and you know, we um, we we do our best, uh, and we might. I'm not saying we always right. I think that that nutritional science is ever changing and we are humble about sharing the current research in the way that we know it. We're never trying to misguide someone, but you know, let's, let's teach people a few things. Let's start looking at food labels. Let's not believe that natural organic or all these different words that are parlayed on food labels are what's healthy for you. But also, even if it's a doctor telling you, Uh, I'm sorry to say, you know, only eat this food. Look at the research and decide for yourself. Mm -hmm. Because usually the best diet is not excluding an entire food group. Maybe it's eating less of it. Maybe it's eating a healthier version of it. Here's one example. You know, sliced bread 
uh, processed sliced bread is not the healthiest carbohydrate for you because it's highly processed and has a ton of preservatives. Mm. Should it mean you never eat it? No, I'm just saying let's be wary a little bit of that. But should you be eating cauliflower and other vegetables? They actually contain carbs, but healthier versions. Mm. So it's where we make those choices and filling that gap of educating each other about that. So when you hear someone say, never eat uh, this green because it has X, Y, and Z, think about it and find the right people who can give you the information. Mm. It may be that you can cook it differently, that you can eat a different version of it, but it it doesn't mean you have to exclude it entirely from your diet unless you're allergic. That's, That's different. And, you know, give yourself, everyone, the space to develop new taste. Yes. You know, because that you're going to get some of this stuff back at the store and you're going to say, I don't like this. What? This tastes crazy. I'm missing. But you have to let your body detox what you were used to because trust and believe the things you like eating have things that have um, made you like eating them. (laughs) (laughs) Things that are trying to get you addicted to that particular taste. Yeah. That they contain ingredients that trick our bodies into developing Mm. cravings. And then we want more of those foods. So it's a system that we, it's hard for us to fight against. But I feel that we can, you know, we can launch a campaign and take on the food companies and try to change all of that. Or we can be autonomous and say, I choose not to spend my money on that food because there's a healthier version of this. Um, And really filling that gap and helping, helping us understand that is important. That is so powerful. Your new book, your latest book is Calm Your Mind with Food. And of course, your other bestseller, This Is Your Brain on Food, are available absolutely everywhere. I love, especially your Instagram page is something that I really enjoy because you. you give really great information. Thank you. And things that people can do today, right now, right. to nourish their lives. So please, everyone, follow Dr. Uma. Thank you. And I would love to ask Dr. Uma, as we close out this episode, especially for any moms and dads listening, any parents, especially the busy parents, mm-hmm. we all love our babies. Mm-hmm. You know, we want our babies to have the best, but it is important that we look at what we're feeding them. Yeah. Because we're setting the stage for how they'll know their bodies, how they'll relate to their health for the rest of their lives. So especially for kind of the busy parent that may be investigating nutrition for the first time, what are some ways to bring that back home into the family? I think that's a wonderful question. Um, I'm going to give you an example and then I'm going to give you a few tips. We, I did a food costing experiment, which I learned in culinary school with some of my patients in a community clinic in Boston. And moms were buying fast food meals after work, mm-hmm. coming into their appointments and then buying the fast food. So they had for their three little kids, you know, different meals and, and had enough food. And we would teach them that if you went to the supermarket next door, that there could be a rotisserie chicken. And most supermarkets, you can always ask, by the way, don't ever feel shy to ask the question, what do you put on your rotisserie chicken before you put it in the oven? Um, and most places, honestly, they just let it cook and may, might add a little bit of salt, maybe some mild seasoning, but nothing, nothing egregious is what I'm trying to say. It's not necessarily a processed ingredient. Mm-hmm. If you buy that chicken for X amount versus three days of these mm-hmm. three meals, you can actually take the chicken. You can have a roast chicken with vegetables. You can have a, a, a taco. You can have a salad. You can have a soup. You can make about three days of meals for, you know, younger kids, a smaller family. Add in those veggies, which are not expensive. You can even get frozen veggies, cost saving, nothing in them, except if it says, you know, green beans, it should be just green beans, no sauce, sugar, or syrup. Um, You can, in other words, you can amplify that one roast chicken to actually feed your children whole foods. Mm. So it's about going back to rethinking what we're doing. You're not only saving money, you're feeding them actual food. Then it becomes how does a mom or dad, a busy parent, a busy family member navigate the supermarket? Mm-hmm. There are actually center aisles with cost-effective foods that are good. It's not just the candy and the cereals and the foods we, we tend to say go around the perimeter. There are actually good things in the center aisles, beans, legumes, lentils, canned, um, canned salmon, uh, canned mm-hmm. other seafoods that are actually 
rich in omega-3s, which are great for their brain development. Mm. And if you can't go to the seafood section and buy the whole side of wild salmon, which can be very costly, you can do canned. Just look at what what's in it. Um, being in what you know, something canned in water is usually fine. Same thing with beans and legumes, you know, things like chickpeas, black beans. You can rinse out what they're in and cook those. Those are actual whole foods. You don't have to necessarily, if you don't have time, do the whole soaking and cooking process of the bean. Maybe you don't have time. The vegetables, if it's too much work to clean the broccoli and do all that, get the frozen bag. Usually a larger size saves you money, saves you time. Just make sure there's nothing else added to it. So these are just ways, a few things to get you started. You know, buy whole fruit instead of the juice. Um, A colleague of mine recently called this out on social media. I thought it was fantastic. He called I may be misquoting something like instead of calling high this high fructose corn syrup, why don't we call it high fructose uh, apple juice or something like that? Because essentially that juice is mostly processed. It's not. But if you buy your children the apples, they're just eating the apple. Cut it up, you know, have it with a nut butter that is not that expensive and it's a nutritious snack. So it's giving people some actual straightforward tips that they can try mm-hmm. um, on any day that that are easy to remember um, is where it can, you know, where we need to be headed. Thank you. That is so, so, so helpful. And for any parents that are saying, but now my kid is addicted to sugar. They love juice. They love these things. We have to be patient with them as we break those patterns, you know, but it is important to give it whatever time it needs. And a lot, you know, our children's relationship with food and their likes and dislikes of food are 100% based on what we've given them thus far. So we might have to be patient with that. Um, Something I'm really grateful for is that I never gave my son juice. I, I made water always the only well, option. So now when he drinks juice, he's like, <laughs> what is that? Yeah, <laughs> But patience with yourself as you learn new things and as you learn to meet your needs and your family's needs in new ways, you have time to learn it and to get it right. Thank you, Dr. Uma, so Thank much you so for much. your work. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you. Namaste. Connect with me on social at Debbie Brown. That's Twitter and Instagram. Or you can go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to the show on Apple Podcasts, don't forget, please rate, review, and subscribe and send this episode to a friend. Deeply Well is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Jacquees Thomas, Samantha Timmons, and me, Debbie Brown. The beautiful sound bath you heard? That's by Gerilyn Glass from Crystal Cadence. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elia Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.